Hello, and thank you for selecting this postseason edition of Rams Revealed. My name is J.B. Long, voice of the Los Angeles Rams. As you know, the Cowboys are in town this weekend for a divisional playoff game. And coming up, we'll be joined by Andrew Whitworth. We'll dive into that matchup and ask him what it would mean to finally get a postseason victory. We also have a coach's challenge from Eric Yarber that takes us back to Big Wit's high school days. Glad you're with us. Here's Rams Revealed. Well, Andrew, welcome once again. And uh, first, how are you feeling after sustaining a knee injury in the second quarter, week 17? Sean McVay says you're running around like a rookie this week in practice. Uh, I feel great, you know, uh, ready to go and look forward to it. Um, you know, it's just kind of more of a, a contusion deal and, and uh, something more precautionary in the second half once the, you know, we kind of had a lead and we thought uh, we could play well and see how it goes and felt good until we ended up just treating it and getting a little extra time of rest. If there had been a wild card game, would you have played in that one? Oh, no question. I would have played the next day. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, feeling good. I think once we kind of really – more from the the fear of just the initial swelling there because it was a, a bruise. Obviously, it looked yeah. like it might have been something worse, and so um, you know we just thought something else might be wrong. So once I kind of got a chance to go through all the tests and and get you know kind of cleared, we knew we'd be uh, okay. We just you know obviously at that point the game got out of hand and it was kind of a situation of what's the risk of going back out there because it was a knee and it happened in live action. Was there any moment of fear that it was structural that it might be season ending? You know, uh, it really was for a minute only because. Uh, I, I knew what had happened, but when we looked at the clip inside and we were doing the test, it was really hard on video to see the actual contact with the other player's knee. And so, you know, for a minute there, they kind of didn't know if they were believing me. Like, you know, maybe you think you hit something, but actually, uh, you know, you did something else, you know. And so that's why they kind of made me go through some some of the testing and x-rays and all that good stuff just to kind of make sure that we cleared all the bases and, and knew what we had. Well, thank goodness for good news and for the bye week to help a uh, full recovery. Looking forward to this weekend. You told us on a previous episode that you were a Jay Novacek fan. You loved the Cowboys growing up. What was your reaction to drawing Dallas? Uh, awesome. I mean, anytime I get to play the, the Cowboys and the Saints, I mean, those are two teams that obviously I grew up around as a young kid in North Louisiana and uh, always a big fan of the Cowboys. And so uh, this is a, a neat opportunity to have a chance to play them in the playoffs. And what a tremendous team and really the really the resilience they've shown this last half of the season of how much better they continue to get. And uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a challenge against uh, two teams, really. They're just built on effort and, and uh, playing with that relentless attitude. And I think it's going to be a great matchup. Was there any disappointment, even a little bit, personally or within this facility, to not get the rematch with Chicago? Because it sounded like revenge was on at least a few members of the Rams' mind. Well, I think anytime you don't perform as well as you want to, you want that opportunity to right some wrongs. And I think in sports, it's always going to happen. I can know in the 13-year career, there's been times that I've played tremendous rushers that I thought, man, what an awesome game. And then there's times I've played them and been like, man, there's that one or two plays I wish I had back. Or, you know, or just a guy that maybe you thought you underestimated and they got you on a play. And you always waited for that next opportunity to face them. And I think for us as a team, just to go out and play as bad as we did that night, we really wanted an opportunity to to right some of those wrongs. But uh, you know what? This is uh, why we play this game. It's a game that every single week, every, every team has a chance. And so you better bring your best or, or you're going to be at home. And, and that's the reality of NFL playoffs. As you embark on your eighth trip to the postseason, more than any Cowboy or Ram on the field this weekend, you're in the divisional round for the first time. What would it mean to win? Well, obviously, I think to win your, your first playoff game would be amazing. Um, you know, I think that for me, 
Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, different uh, situations that have led to me being in seven of them and not winning. And uh, all of them, you know, aren't necessarily whether it was good play or bad. It's just, you know, some weeks uh, we just teams made great plays. Some years uh, we made a plays and then gave it up at the end. I mean, it's just kind of a plethora of them all. And uh, But the, the truth is I still take a ton of pride in it. And, and the reality is to have the opportunity to go to the playoffs eight times uh, I think it's an extremely rare thing to be able to do and, and really to have your in your career in 13 years, eight of them, you've made it to the playoffs and, and also winning my fifth division championship. Uh, it's just something I'll, I'll always walk away proud uh, when I get that opportunity about. But, man, what, what a special moment it would be to finally get that win. This week as you prepare or maybe as you come out of the tunnel on Saturday night, will it in any way cross your mind, you know, this might be my last chance at it? Uh, I think that opportunity for me has been really the last couple of years. I think once you hit the stage of playing where I'm at and I know how many games I've played and all that, uh, at some point it ends. And, and so you never know when that time's going to be. And I've always said I wait till the season's over. Uh, reset, recalculate, you know, get a, get a, you know, test on the body and make sure you feel good and, and also check with mama and the kids mm-hmm. and everybody else and make sure they're clear to go. And, and I think you have to wait for those things and that's the right time to do it. But yeah, I mean, I, every time I go out that tunnel now, I think that way, you know, we played at home against San Francisco the last week of the season. I mean, my idea was, Hey, you know, this could be your last regular season home game. You know, what, what do you want to leave with? You know, those kind of deals. I mean, yeah, I think it's a great to have that mentality just because it, uh, it helps remind yourself, you know, why you play the game and why it's important going to the postseason last year i feel like the story of this rams group was how few of you had postseason experience now that most of that group has gone through that with the game against atlanta in the wild card last year and the added playoff experience of cooks Tlaib, sue peters is that valuable or is that overstated as you look to go do it again I mean, I think there is some value in, in seeing how guys perform in big moments, but I think really you see it every year. Uh, teams just rise to the occasion. I mean, you can look through. There's there's years that rookie guys get out there and win the game, and and are a young team with a you know a good defense, maybe not a great offense or something, gets out there and wins, finds a way to win a playoff game. I mean, that you really would have never predicted they'd win one. I, I think that always happens in this league because the reality in playoff time is that it's about taking care of the football, it's about executing, and it's really about the team that comes out and just tries to play that flawless game and, and really not hurt themselves and and you see it every every year uh, a team makes a run that nobody expected and that doesn't really have to do with their experience it has to do with the fact that they performed you know what uh, when it was needed to be performed and you know it's that whole uh, you know greatest performance is, is when it's needed and you know can you do that to that end why do you personally believe that this bye week will be different and produce better results than the in-season bye week for the 2018 Rams I think anytime this time of year you get a chance really, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that we took much of a buy as more of a prep uh, week. You know, it was really this this time of year it's more about, hey, what can we do to get ready for next Sunday? Whereas I think a lot of times during the season, especially with having a really late buy like we had, it's really about, man, let me get away for a minute and get my body just feeling good again. And, and uh, you know, you're, you've been through a long, long stretch of games and you, you don't particularly feel very well. But I think at this point for us, we feel really good. Uh, we took a week where really we weren't off as, as much as you think, really just coming in every day getting some workouts and talking about what we've done this season and what we could do better and, and looking at ourselves really you know deeply and trying to figure out hey how can we be a better group this this off season uh you know so i think that for us it's uh it's really about this stretch it's now about hey what what can you do for for the next month to play the best football you've ever played and, and i think that's what we focused on all by week and and uh, what we look forward to try and do this week let me take you back to week four at dallas 2017 and you trailed by double digits at one point in the second quarter 
And I thought this week, you know, I would like to believe that the Rams would be where they are at this point in time, even if that comeback hadn't taken place. But it did. And in hindsight, it feels like quite a milestone for this franchise in their rebuild. Do you agree with that assessment? I really do. I think that game last year was really a game when we became a football team. Uh, you know, we had had some uh, good and, and uh, you know, some, some good performances early in the season and really like, hey, there's some moments here where you splash and go, hey, you know, you played great against Indy. Some things kind of went your way, that mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, you know, and, and it kind of had the, the hiccup there uh, against Washington and that kind of deal. And I, I think it was just one of those things where it was the first time really for us we went on the road, faced a bunch of adversity, and the only option for us was to come together as a team and and go put our best foot on the on the ground and say, hey, uh, from this moment forward in this game, we're going to be a better football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were able to do it. And I think that that's one of those moments that, although it just ends up being a win like any other game, it's kind of something that goes, you know what, guys look around at each other and go, hey, when we pull together, we can accomplish more than we think. And, and I think that was a moment for us last season that th- that team really grew up. The Dallas Cowboys have changed quite a bit since then. Uh, So have the Rams. And even within this season, Andrew, there were two really good Rams offenses, I thought, kind of week one through the bye and then weeks 16 and 17. And those were different offenses, a lot of 11 personnel, a lot of Todd Gurley versus some two tight end looks and C.J. Anderson coming downhill. I know you're not going to reveal like the game plan and the blend of packages we might see against the Cowboys this time around, but is it fair to say kind of high level, the Rams are a more difficult team to prepare for, for a defense, for a defensive coordinator, now that you've put both of those on tape? Well, I think it's important for us to have some diversity. And I think that, yeah, I think that you see the way we've performed um, really throughout the year running the football and games that we've been able to do that, we've been highly successful. And um, to be able to mix it up and be able to do uh, run and pass and everything else out of different groups, um, I think it really uh, helps us a little bit just having a different edge to us at Mm -hmm. different points in the game and um, keeps us ahead of the chains and puts us in productive situations. So I think that uh, for us, really, you know, that physical mentality, I think, is more of something that you see in December and in playoff football, it just seems to be what wins football games. You know, you just see teams kind of physically take over one another in these games, and and you just kind of keep wondering when the other team's going to bounce back, and and it just seems that's how it goes. And so for us, it's about that opportunity that man, we're going to play a team that that's they're tremendous at that, and and uh, that's going to have to be part of our identity as well. And and we hope to uh, show that physicality this week. The other component, of course, a quarterback, and if and really when. You know, the game comes down to it, whether it's this week or down the line in the postseason. Can you just give us a sense of how confident the team is in Jared Goff's ability to get you to where you want to go? Well, I think he's a special kid and a special football player and somebody that's going to continue to grow into being a great quarterback. And uh, I think that uh, we all believe in him and, and believe in the situation we need him. He's going to make it happen. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's funny in this league, people want so much of young quarterbacks sometimes. And it's like they're going to have great highs and they're going to have some lows. It's going to be part of it. And and I think for, for us as a team, it's about, hey, how well can we play around him? How well can we make his situation where he can be confident and play football the way he knows how? Um, because – you know, it's it's one of those things. Those guys take a lot of the, the the glory and stuff when you win, but they take too much of the heat as well when you lose. Because the quarterback needs the guys around them to give them the opportunity to be successful. I mean, you saw it in these playoff games. You know, the different lines that gave quarterbacks time, gave the opportunity to open run lanes. Those teams were victorious, and and I think it's important for us to play well around him and let him have the ability to let the talent he has shine. When you look at the Cowboys defensively, Demarcus Lawrence has had a great season, double digit sacks. 
Um, but I believe he plays kind of the left defensive end, which would pair him more against Rob, if I'm not mistaken. Does that leave you studying more Randy Gregory this week? Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but he he has flipped a little bit here lately. And, and uh, you know, he's a guy throughout his career, he's done some of that, mostly plays over the right tackle, but he'll flip some. And I think last time we played him, I, I played him a little bit. And, and then also uh, I played him the year before when I was in Cincinnati, some he was still flipping. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're going to have different guys to study and prepare for. And, and uh, the thing about, you know, playing on the edges is, you know, you kind of got to know everybody on the depth chart just to kind of just in case they get in there and get a chance. You kind of got to know their style and who they are. And so uh, a lot of the times it's just taking a peek at some of the guys that you may or may not think are going to get in there that come in in a situation where maybe there's a substitution or a guy gets hurt and it's a third and long. You, you better know a little bit about the guy you're going to face. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll study them all just in case. And, uh, you know, we look forward to it, man. It's going to be a, a great opportunity, a great atmosphere. And uh, what a challenge. At the risk of getting uh, too technical for a podcast, let me attempt uh, this tangent. Uh, I saw your tweet, uh, Jeff Schwartz, uh, who I follow and is a really entertaining follow on Twitter, uh, saying to him the greatest thing to come out of the Pro Bowl voting is that we get a break from his constant tweets defending how good his brother is, and he is. And congrats to Mitch, as you said, well-deserved. But I actually thought of another tweet that Jeff had recently where he highlighted Pro Football Focus's top five tackles, of which you and Rob are both in that group. David Bakhtiari, uh, Teron Armstead, Rob... Uh, Mitchell and and yourself. And his point was, what's great is that these five tackles all take different pass sets. Uh, Bakhtiari, Schwartz, vertical set masters, the others often mix it up. Do you agree with that assessment? And can you kind of give us some technical context on, on how you do pass set and what's different about that select group? Yeah, I think it's why it's it's one of those things that's frustrating when I see people that either follow the game, uh, coach offensive line, or teach offensive line play, you know, outside of football really for for money to get people go to them. You know, it, it's frustrating to me when you see people try and make guys play one particular way because that's that's not football. I can show you every year of my career, all thirty two left tackles set completely different from each other. There may be a handful that might set similar, but there's still different things they do with their hands. There's still different ways they hold their feet when they start their stance. Their feet are in different positions when they make contact with people. Their hands are in different positions. Their their shoulders or chest are high or low. I mean, there's so many things that I think that at some point you take away the natural ability of a guy to just play football. And uh, there's things you can do to help a guy and teach him to, hey, this is best for you. But there's also ability, to me, there's something to letting a guy be himself. And uh, I obviously, I, I tell people, all the time and I relate things to golf a lot but it's a lot about teaching it's a lot like golf I mean a tackle has to take a certain set or change it up every single every single play of a game and it's not about hey like everyone has to be perfect but there needs to be a groove and a feel that you feel is best for you every golfer doesn't stand the same they don't pull it back the same they don't drop it in the slot the same it's all different it's all feel so there has to be a feel to how you play the game and so I think it's important for guys to understand that you know what take the teaching you get there's great biomechanics to things, but also be yourself and, and what feels the best to you to be anchored, to be setting in the right way and feel strong and athletic. That's what you need to do. And so I think that's his point is just that there's there's certain guys that do things really well and there's other guys that do it differently. And and that's the great part of this sport is continue to be an athlete, continue to find your best way to be successful. Maybe your answer to uh, this week's fan question is related. It's a good jumping off point, if nothing else. Kyle asks what you think college tackles and linemen can do to prepare for the NFL, given the 
recent issues that some have had converting from spread offenses to the top level of the sport? Well, I think there's little things that you're obviously going to have to learn, and, and you're probably not going to be able to learn them until you get to pro football and, and get in the room and understand some of those things. But there's also just, just core things that I think are different. I think that you look at it, um, you know, just having a lot of core power, a lot of ground, a lot of power that comes from the ground. I mean, most of these guys in college now are playing in up-tempo speed, jump guys, balls out fast, read option type stuff where they're really not having to anchor in the ground all the time as much. And so I think just over time, they don't have really just the raw anchor and power that you see, you know, like young linemen used to come in the game with. I mean, normally when you picked a first rounder early in the, in the draft uh, that, you know, played early, like when I got in the league, that the one thing they were is just powerful and heavy and could really be strong enough to play the game. And then they had to learn all the nuances. And, and I think that, you know, you see a lot of these kids, they may be aggressive, but they seem like almost too light on their feet, too much athleticism, more and less just, hey, learning how to root themselves in the ground and play heavy and strong. I mean, you watch Quentin Nelson play, and it's like, hey, it's not always that he's just technically perfect, you know, and, and it's that the dude's a mauler, and he's and he's strong as crap, and, and, and you watch him play the game, you're like, all right, there's a guy that understands how to get himself down in the ground, root himself in, and, and fight. And I think that that's something that's just a little different. You know, in, in the college game when I played it, we, it was still eye formations and a lot of power football. And, you know, we did some of the spread stuff, but not near as much as they do now. So I think you were a little more experienced in rooting yourself in the grass and having to dig people out all the time. And I think that uh, you see that some of these guys that come a little bit more from that style of offense seem to have a little more success early. Speaking of being rooted and strong, I ran into Eric Yarber today in the hallways, and I asked him for a coach's challenge for you this week. And he said you've been showing off a picture on your phone from your high school days, deadlifting something like 500 pounds. Can you give us any context on that? Yeah, I had a buddy actually send me a picture from my sophomore year in high school. Uh, you know, in Louisiana, we didn't have wrestling. We had powerlifting. So um, I, my sophomore year was a picture of us, uh, a buddy of mine sent me. Um, of us uh, deadlifting at this uh, maybe like a state or a regional meet and I, I was about six seven two thirty so I look like a uh, just a bean pole <laughs> in a squat suit covered in chalk deadlifting <laughs> but uh, it, it's pretty funny but you know I was telling him I, I played at that time I played basketball uh, and I was the number one guy on our heavy or heavyweight group in uh, powerlifting so I would go from powerlifting practice to the basketball court and run up and down it wasn't the greatest blend of uh, <laughs> athletics for sure I was a little heavy footed on the court at times but uh, you know what I, I say all the time I really think it's one of those things that helped me be the athlete and the player I am because it was a mixture of the power and athleticism to play the position I've had to play for this long. Uh, transitioning to coaching news from our coaching challenge uh, whether it's Bruce Arians going to the Bucks, Matt LaFleur to the Packers, Cliff King Kingsbury uh, to the Cardinals. I would love your perspective on, quote, finding the next Sean McVay and whether that's uh, easier said than done in the world of coaching searches. You know, uh, I think that uh, there's always kind of, um, you know, like a, a message that gets sent across those things and, and kind of a, an angle people want to take with things. I think teams are trying to find the best way to win. And if that's uh, the opportunity to have a young coach who's a tremendous leader and runs a, a you know, a, a great program and has continued to have success uh, at, a you know, his first two seasons in the league, you have 24 wins. I think that's pretty special. 
Um, you know, I, I think that that's a great thing. I, I just, you know, it, it irritates me that just some of the things I've seen, it's almost like it's a negative that people are calling it this go after a Sean McVay thing. I saw guys criticizing it and kind of making it about Doug Peterson and all these things. I mean, I, I think, you know, Doug Peterson's tremendous too. I think they're really the, the narrative should be is that teams want to go win and they want to be good on offense and they want to run a great team. They want to be good on defense. And obviously you've seen in the league that scoring points has seemed to become the way to win. Um, I don't think it's a knock on defense, but it's obviously that these high-powered offenses seem to have a chance to be racking up a lot of wins. So uh, I think really the narrative should be to, to be, have a great program and, and a great coach who knows how to win football games and, and finds a way to put his players in the best position to win. And uh, I don't think that has anything to do with calling it a, a Sean McVay effect. I think he'd say mm-hmm. the same thing. It's about the passion and, and uh, what he puts into every single day of trying to find a way to win. And uh, I would say if you're a team out there, that's what you're looking for. At the other end of that career spectrum, your former coach, Marv Lewis, who's uh, Aaron Cincinnati comes to an end after 16 seasons. Do you have any finishing thoughts on uh, the individual who brought you into the league? Oh, just tremendous. Marvin's a, a great man and, and somebody that uh, we won a lot of football games together. And I texted him that um, after I got the news, just that, uh, you know, we never got a chance to win that trophy. Um, but you know what? We won a lot of ball, ball games, we won a lot of divisions. Uh, you know, it, it uh, had a lot of, a chance to mold a lot of men. And I think that he's a guy that over his time there, man, I mean, to take that that franchise from where it was at the time he took it over to what it was, you know, now is every year they're, they're in it and they have a chance to compete. Um, I think, you know, he's got a lot to be proud of. And, and, and the other thing that people don't realize is what he's done to that community. I mean, I was a part of his foundation and visiting schools and doing the stuff he did with learning in school and those kind of programs. Uh, you know, the scholarships he's created, the, the academic excellence that he's encouraged from kids and elementaries all across Cincinnati. Uh, man, he's got a lot to be tremendously proud of. And I'll tell you what, it, it's one of those things that I don't think he'd ever hang his head about the difference he made in that city. Uh, you know, he's a great man, and I wish him the best. As we send you back uh, to work for the week, preparing for the Cowboys, you find out that opponent on Sunday night, and there's a group within this organization that has to turn it around really quickly to help you prepare for that opponent and every single opponent within a season. Uh, the scout team deserves some love this week, as always. Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of touched on what group we'd love to give some love to. I think, you know, really you look at those look groups, man. Anytime you opportunity offense, defense, special teams, those look groups are really the groups that, that make the difference. And I think that, uh, you know, if they're able to give you a great look, a great mental picture of what you're going to face every week, it gives you the opportunity to really play it out before it comes down to game day and, and have the opportunity to execute the hands or the feet or, you know, the, the double teams or, or the different looks that the quarterback needs to see to be able to realize where he's going to throw it or what he's going to do with the football. I just think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a part of football that when guys come from college, to me, you know, they gets lost a little bit it's almost like they see it as a negative to have to go over there and do it when really it's like man if you can learn it from that side of the football and if you can learn how to give a great look on scout team and learn all these different looks and coverages and blitzes and all those things and educate yourself while you do it uh you're only making yourself a better football player while you're helping the team win and i think that's the group that uh, you just really want to say man you can never thank those guys enough when they have the opportunity every week to make a difference to make it easier for you to win Tons of insight, Andrew. We covered a lot of ground. Thank you so much for your time. We wish you uh, not just your first postseason victory, but three on your way to a Super Bowl championship. That's the only reason we're doing it is to go get all of them. So uh, one won't be enough. Uh, I look forward to having a chance to go make a run. See you at the Coliseum Saturday night. Yep. Thank you all. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the episodes are available on demand at therams.com as well. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to leave a review, we would sure appreciate your feedback and your support. For Andrew Whitworth, I'm JB Long, and thank you for listening to Rams Revealed.